This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hello. Welcome to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode 28. More ways to know if your fundraising is working. Didn't really intend for last week to be a part one, but then we realized, wait, <laughs> we've gone at it and gone at there's it. A, there's a lot of other things. <laughs> there's a, whole there's of a lot of other things we could say and, and talk about it differently because there are really two different ways to think about it at a micro and a macro. So, And that's exactly what I was, I spent some time kind of doing, wait a minute, I need to think about this, you know. We always, in dealing with this with clients or in a you know in a in a consultation, it's a different context than if you're just coming in and saying, mm-hmm. "Here, look at these numbers." Like, uh, look at these slides. <laughs> how great they are! Like, <laughs> okay, like, a, like those vacation uh, when you go on vacation to show your slides of your vacation. It's about. It's probably about as interesting. I was never like that. Okay, well, good for you. Um, I'm your host, Ryan Thomas, Vice President at Oneicity. And I'm Steve Thomas, CEO and one of the founding partners of Winnie City. We started this podcast because if you're in fundraising, you know that the work doesn't stop, doesn't care about the week, uh, doesn't pay attention to the day of the week, doesn't pay attention to the month or the hour. It's a 24-7, 365 or 366 <laughs> kind of job, and it's on your brain in that same way. Or it should be. Yeah, if if it's not, then <laughs> That's you, have another a, problem. you have a completely different kind of problem. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> but we found ourselves talking about it in situations where not everybody was that interested in podcast, uh, not in podcasting, but in fundraising. And so we realized, okay, let's talk about this in a different setting. And uh, like you try to do when someone keeps hitting reply all, we took it offline. And... Um, <laughs> We took the offline and put it online in a podcast. And Oneicity is a boutique ad agency. We focus on marketing and fundraising for nonprofits and have done that for more than 30, 40 years. Been doing it forever. I'm just, I'm, we're just fudging numbers. It's great. Marketing math. Yeah, it's marketing <laughs> math. If you round it to the nearest half century. Well, it's like resumes, right? Yeah. That, know, it's, like is, res- it's like a is, LinkedIn kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, this is a lot like, would you would you connect with me? I'd, I'd really like to slide well, in. I want those. the endorsement, the, the whatever the, the, you know, like, oh, he's good at public oh, speaking. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. I I keep putting mine up for he's good looking. And no, <laughs> I've gotten zero. Wrong app. Zero <laughs> endorsements for that. Wrong app. Um, if you'd like, if you'd like to endorse us on LinkedIn <laughs> or, you know, tell us to stop talking about that or Good whatever, yeah. uh, email any of that feedback or any questions fundraising related or not to podcast at com and give us your five star reviews, four star reviews, three star reviews, three and a half star reviews. All we're, fine. We're give us a review. You're not accepting anything below three and a half, right? Not a three and a half. That's where I draw the line. Because I mean, come on. If you just hated it, hang on. You're up. not. Yeah, you're. You've swiped out. You're not. Move you haven't made it this long. Move if along. we're a three or lower. Yeah. yeah. So give that on wherever it is you get your podcast. Right. And oh, and and, and subscribe oh, so over there on the video. Like and subscribe. Right over it's there. Down here in the left hand yeah. corner. If you're on video, if you're on audio, it's kind of either direction. Yeah. It's to the left on your radio dial. The first thing we do every week when we eventually get to our topics is take something that we've seen in the wild. Uh, mail call is sometimes what we call it, but it, this is a real life example I have of a great one, so. marketing or fundraising. Unlike previous episodes. And, I've well, I mean, we, 
it's pretty obvious when it's been a tight week for one of us or both of us to try to find something. So this week, not so much. So what is something you've seen in the wild that applies to fundraising in like real life? So there's a lot, there's a building concern in the wild out there in the world. As in growing, not a skyscraper. Oh, true. That's true. Yes. There's an increasing amount of concern over... The U.S. Post Office. Oh, yeah. USPS. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and so, um, in fact... Ooh, can I guess? Please Is, is this going to be the postage rate increase? No. You, okay. Because no. that happened in late August. Yeah, there was a... Uh, and then there was the paper, yep. the and mythical the, paper shortage. Yeah. Um, let's see. Hold on. Staff shortages? Because they're not running it's, it well. It's sort of generally... It, uh, so here's what's happening, um, I, and I'm going to try to use appropriate language. Um, so there's a there's an abbreviation called CYA, and it's a covering of one's assets, right? Yep. You know, you're protecting yeah. yourself, yep. right? Okay. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Wells Fargo has sent an email out to everybody on their mailing list about which is basically everybody, which is everybody, just about. Uh, and it's, it's, it's about that, oh my goodness, the post office has just warned everybody that service may be declining. Dun, dun, dun. From declining from their all-time records customer satisfaction. Then you have TechCrunch. They jumped on this. Uh, the e-newsletter the e uh, Quartz. Quartz, yeah. They they ran a big thing about it because of this. I got something in a in a trade paper. Oh yeah, I guess is what. The, you'd well, call and then, it for then us. the nonprofit. Yeah, that's where I got it. Yeah, or, that's where nonprofit. I, I didn't even click on it. It's like I don't. Or I clicked yeah. on it. Nonprofit Times it. runs this yep. direct mail to get slower. Okay, wait a minute. I'll do this. <laughs> direct mail to get slower, just in time for the holidays. That's good. That, that was and that's that's, that's a good exactly headline the headline man. That's what they did. So here's the deal. So first, let's just say we mail literally millions and millions and millions and millions of pieces of direct mail on behalf of clients, and it works well for our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not alone in that. So there's a lot of fear-mongering and CYA-ing yep. out there uh, over this. So here's what... Here's what the people that do all of our work, and so I, I was on the phone with our our fearless uh, um, um, co-founder and president of the company, Chris Hoots, uh, who is who's actually traveling in Florida. She's doing some research into uh, uh, famous um, entertainment and uh, um, rides and those mm -hmm. kind of things. Those experiences. Experiences. So. Yep. Florida, especially the mouse, the, yeah, the rodent yeah. family. So anyway, um, so I got I, I cleared this again with her. She's she says my take is they're all covering themselves for rural deliveries that have already been delayed and might be more delayed. Primarily, the concern appears to be in the business over packages, mm -hmm. not first class mail envelopes, or even more not. Uh, the the bulk rate and the the, the non other the nonprofit rate the other the other rates. Um, so if you're in a, if you're in an area or you're mailing to organization uh, if your organization is mailing to donors and you're mailing into a rural area and you are already noticing wow we're seeing some delays. You're going to expect a little more delay. Just count on it, hmm. right? And so we, we, have, we do some, we have a couple of, of, of seasonal clients that we do work for that are in rural areas. And last year, those babies dropped, or those babies were in homes a day or two, one in one situation, three, long, three days longer. Here's the wow. thing. You can, if you work with an organization who says, here's the in-home date, hang up on them because you have never been able to guarantee or unless you're paying someone to, to go drop it to, to go, go put it in mailboxes, yeah. which and means you're paying that guy's salary. Yeah. So, 
So what you're actually doing is you're doing a drop date and these guys who predict in-home date, again, that is so fictitious. Uh, that is a that is a artificial thing that was never real to begin with. So ignore that. Think drop dates, and then watch when your mail has been when you're beginning to see your first gift come back. That time frame is the time frame to watch. So no reason to panic. Here's the thing: the post office is not going to cut out the kind of direct mail mm-hmm. nonprofits yep. do because uh, it, last year the what in the category of junk mail so that's all the stuff that is that is not your bank statement Mm. and the things you've asked to receive or your aunt helen writing you the letter the things that are in those bulk categories that accounted for 63 percent of the usps volume do you think in a time they're trying to figure out how to make, make money to, to balance their budget, they're going to start making it hard for that to go out? Uh-uh. No way. So, um, uh, it's, I, and I want to say, it's not that you don't have to sweat it. It's that it was already a pain, but you were if you were doing it well, you figured this out. Mentally think where I've got a really tight deadline, I'm banging on the back end of a date, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 1231, Giving Tuesday. Yeah, your that's big, another your big deadline. Giving, giving Tuesday newsletter. Love it. Out. Yeah, that's an it's awesome great. thing. Let's <laughs> see previous episodes. Um, uh, don't sweat that, right? Just make sure you've got a little margin. You needed to build margin in any way and do yeah, that. If, you're, if your Thanksgiving is dropping... On the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, anyway, could, that's already a problem. Could be a little tight. So, uh, just just to allow allow for a day or two, and know um, um, you know your mileage is going to vary. If you're particularly if you're out in um, if you're out in the sticks, yeah, yeah, okay, that's yeah, that is good. That was, that was perfect, a good one. and and it really was in the wild. Yeah, it, it really was, was in the it wild. It was a mailbag episode. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, mine beat that. Mine is uh, my only chance is that mine is cookies, and there's. But a, I always accept cookies when it, when yeah, it, when yeah, it asks on, me. The, <laughs> on the websites. I accept cookies everywhere. Oh, I know. This these is a, guys. a company oh. that is semi-local. I think they're also in Colorado. Um, it's called Tiss Treats. They're what they do is they deliver warm cookies, which that sounds like your in-home date as fictitious. Nobody can deliver warm cookies. I can deliver cookies that then get warmed up in the oven. Mm. They literally deliver warm cookies. Cause I'm just going to, can I give a testimonial for sure? I, I was at an event where those appeared, they appeared and it was like, well, they bring it's wow. There's they came. This is, these are warm. They, they, you know, they have a delivery radius from their shops. So they, they build in cooling time. They line their boxes, especially with foil. All, they do all these things for the magical experience of opening a box, and it's a warm, melty cookie. Just like your mom used to make. It really is. Yeah, that's amazing. No surprise, we are on their mailing list. <laughs> um, they don't yet have a loyalty program. And I'm we're waiting, open for sponsorship. For, yeah, I would. They, if they wanted to, yeah. So we could make them a sweet deal. <laughs> Um, but I, I got a, a piece of mail from them that I'll show this to the camera. There we go. The front is just a stack of melty cookies <laughs> oh, <they're laughs> as Tiff streets as their logo. So, you know, it's from, and it, it says 50% off warm cookies details on reverse side. And then on the back, it talks about, Hey, if you use this coupon, you can do this. Here's where you go. They got the app here, are the terms and conditions, blah, blah, blah. Where this applies is the front, which is sort of your OE front. They just get your attention. It would be very easy to put everything I need to know right here. Oh, yeah. Terms and conditions. Such a bad idea. And uh, I don't want to sound like we're contradicting, because if you've listened to our other episodes, there have been times where I pointed out envelopes that did have everything you needed, but it was very scannable and it was on two sides. That's right. And so the front of this piece, which is the front of your envelope, if we're drawing an analogy, gets my attention, which is its job. Get me to pull this out of the mail stack 
and then look at it. And then I look at the back and then I convert. And so when you're designing your envelopes, which we've talked about before, the front of your envelopes, your teasers, headlines, and leads of your letters should be 75 to 80% of your time you spend on a job. Focus on in the envelope what is going to make a donor, one of your donors, stop and at least glance at this out of the stack of mail. That could be a face if you are if you are helping people. It could be a bright color. It could be the absence of color if you've been doing color a lot. There are lots of options, but focus on that and let that shine and then use other things around it, the other side of the envelope. Below the window, there's enough space for you to put a subhead to give other information to get someone in because the main goal of the envelope, 90% of the time, is to just get somebody in the letter. Doesn't have to do the whole thing. It doesn't have to take you from zero to 100, just enough to take another step. Then the lead takes you another step and you keep walking until all of a sudden you've given a gift and you're a recurring monthly donor. Nice. So next, let's see if you can top your scene in the wild with your try this. I can, but I've got to apologize for our video people. I wasn't day trading over here. I realized that I'd forgotten to turn the air conditioner off. Well, yeah. So there was that. There's a little <laughs> bit of lime, that's okay. Because I, if I could have turned off the cicada last week, I would have. Yeah, I, that, I, that, I, was, that I was nuts. I don't have the cicada app, so. Okay, so uh, my um, uh, try this. Yeah, try this. I spent the day copywriting, and I realized we hadn't talked about part of this, which is start with a call to action. As you're, if you're, if you're a writer, or if you're reviewing copy from you know agency or consultant or someone in house, the tendency, and we've talked about headlines and openings and all of that stuff. The, you know, your tendency is to, you know, man, I got a great headline. I'm going to dive in here. I'm going to go with this. But if you don't have clear in your mind the goal of what you want the reader scanner to do, you're, you're, you're just like writing a seventh grade essay. Hmm. Um, so start with the call to action. Yes, you got to get them in. Yes, the headline's still important. Those 80-20 rules, all those things we've talked about in previous episodes. The point, though, is if you don't know where, what, what you want the, don't, the reader to do and where you're going to position that mm-hmm. in the piece, you're just kind of going to write a bunch of stuff and you're gonna, you're, you are not going to work very efficiently and you probably will not have a very strong call to action. So start with just try. When you, if you, if you're a copywriter, and I know there are there are folks that are they're listening that that's part that's of the, their that's job, part yeah. of their job. Um, as you start, you know, think about the opening, all that stuff, but remind yourself what are you trying to get the people who are reading this or they're scanning this more logically? Um, what do you want them to do? And that and and that is that is more than send money. That is send money to do what? Back mm-hmm. to the scaffolding and ask. And, and begin there and make sure you've got that crystal, crystal clear in your mind. Because once you get that, and I just put that at the top of my scratch pad as I'm working on the computer, then I know as I I'm, as I'm, you know, get all creative and, wow, that was awesome, I've still got to go back and look at, oh, yeah, but I've got to get them to that point where mm-hmm. they're wanting to jump in on that. Similar to uh, authors talk about knowing where their story is going or exactly. TV people yep. knowing yep. Yep. this is how it's going to go. Same idea. Yeah. All right, mine is repeat yourself. Donors are scanning. Yep. And you need to say, so your call to action, mm-hmm. you need to have your call to action. It needs to be strong, and but somebody could miss it in their scanning. Exactly. Good. So say it again. And Perfect. it doesn't have to be exactly verbatim. You don't have to copy and paste, but your most salient points, hmm. which are going to be your call to action and maybe uh, a consequence or a reason, but part of that scaffolding, insert that multiple places, instances of your letter or newsletter. Yep. Because 
that just gives you more at bats. If you don't do that, if you don't repeat yourself, you have to bat a thousand and nobody bats a thousand. Just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's a point. So repeat yourself. Repeat yourself then. Yeah. Repeat, repeat yourself. That's from the uh, department of redundancy department. <laughs> um, good. I like that. Kind of taking a, a redundancy angle. Uh, this isn't going to be redundant, even though we are again talking about donors and how you can know your fundraising is working. Yep. Last week we talked about it unintentionally in a very micro sense. Yeah. Looking at ROI on your fundraising income brought in, um, response rates, a little response bit, rates, through some of that kind of stuff. Episode 27. It's 27. Just click back. It's Listen. probably in your suggested episodes. Another way and not better or worse. If you want, like we've talked about with any of these metrics, if you only are looking at one metric without taking the others into account, it's not correct. You're not going to learn anything. The micro things we talked about last week are very important. Critical, critical. These are also important. Yeah, I, I, and in fact, I, I like how you're starting there because I went back and thought, um, as I was reviewing the, the, the episode, I didn't make clear that these are the, the micro measures. Well, it's, and that's because we didn't plan it that way. Yeah, because it, it was like, I, and part of it was the idea that you know, we need to really talk about, and part of it is I just want to talk about ROI. That's a lot of fun. Kind of my and burden. Let's, so let's let's shoehorn ROI yeah. talk. So yeah. so ROI response rate. Click through some of those that we talked about last week. They're the micro that you were saying. I also thought about those are sort of tactical. Those are yeah. those are the uh, if we're looking at a, at an impact or we're looking at our newsletters this year or we're looking at Thanksgiving season, mm -hmm. those are the ROI, response rate, all of those, those fit that kind of tactical, or I, I don't like the 10,000 and 30,000 foot, but those are the lower level yeah. altitudes, whatever you think about, I don't know. And and that, you know, it's you know, nearer the horizon than, you know, the vast. Anyway, so I... So what we'll talk about are, are the, the macro, the yeah. strategic, mm -hmm. the higher level, Right. Yep. Higher yep. level, bigger picture. Global. 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 Pick your That's, business I, yep. focused metaphor. We're going to yep. interface about that. The last thing I want to say about it is, and then we're going to jump to the actual okay. word, is to say the one, the, the previous episode ones are easier to affect quickly. Yes. Okay. So they are the ones that you can grab a dial and actually make something happen um, in a quarter or in this mm -hmm. cycle or the next time that rolls around. The ones we're going to talk about, if you can do it in a fiscal year, yeah, the big, that's the big a long quick period, yeah, turnaround, and 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 then now say why that why well then I just going to because I just like doing things I can see results on. So why would you focus on these others? <laughs> well, if you don't, if you don't focus on these, you will miss that the health of your organization is failing. Yeah, it's sort of like. Um, I, I was at the doctor recently, and, and it's like, well, we'll see you again next year. And if you want to skip that, no problem. You can save some money, but who knows what's going yeah, on what's gonna inside happen. your head. Yeah. It's the only right? time you look. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So one of the things, the first thing, and not this is not necessarily an order of importance, uh, because again, just like the micros are important, these macros are important, all of the macros are important, all the micros are important. The first one let's talk about is pretty easy to understand that your organization depends on this is number of donors, count of donors. How many donors does my organization have? And that's easy, except you can cut that a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, we focus on total active donors, people who have given in 13-ish months. Yeah. Well, no, who are, who have given in a period. Well, that's yeah. true. In yeah. a period. Yeah. We, so you pick that period and you count it, and, mm -hmm. and that, that gives you repeatability. Yep. Because that way you can compare that fixed window back to fixed windows, that rant, mm -hmm. um, that, that period back each yep. time. That's how it makes it. The same way, again, we don't want to get, we're not uh, 
personal trainers. We're not doctors. But if you are someone who is going to weigh yourself consistently, you weigh yourself consistently at a consistent time of day. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be noon. Yeah. Or if it's noon every day. Or every Monday. Yeah. Or every Monday. Uh, We won't do that. But the more variable you put in, the harder it is. Garbage in, garbage out. Don't change your scale. Yep. Week. <laughs> That's right. Don't don't buy a new one. I don't like that one. That one did. So so yeah, active donors. So we usually with that with very. I'm I'm not sure I even have an exception, but are always counting people who gave a financial gift, not a gift in kind, not volunteer. Yeah, hour. that's true. Yeah, they, you, you gotta have given. And except for our Canadian clients, U.S. dollars. So the Canadian, yeah. Canadian clients, Canadian dollars. We take those dollars. Yeah, you betcha. Hey. And how many gave in that period? If you gave one dollar or a hundred thousand or a million dollars, you still get You're counted one as a one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody's equal, and with almost no exceptions, uh, we're doing households in this count, even though we say donors. Correct. Yeah. So, and and that's the way most databases are going to handle it, and so that that works that way. Okay. Active donors. That's your and 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 let's just say in all of these things, we're looking at a a, a, a count, hmm. and that's a, that number means. Almost nothing unless you compare it to something. You have a thousand donors. Woohoo. Well, last year you had, had two thousand, <laughs> three thousand. Oh bad. And, <laughs> or you had you had five hundred last year. Oh good. Or and, and so there there can be other things we can talk about some fun reason or some fun ways that, that matters. But the other the other thing or another thing to look at in addition to count donors, this is number of households, number of people, number of donors that are actively engaged with you, which means you can reasonably count on possibly getting money from them in your next impact. Yeah. Another one to think about is number of gifts in this period, count of gifts, which you can also think about as number of literal transactions yeah, to you. That's exactly what I wrote. How many transactions? And this is another one where a hundred dollar donor and a $1 donor and a thousand dollar donor all count the same. Exactly. Because that is another way you're able to keep score on what's going on in the database. You get this count and that's going to be probably a bigger number than the number of donors. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's one of the things I was going to say is if you have a thousand donors and you have a thousand gifts in the same period, that means you'd better be getting a lot of money per gift because yeah. that's, that's not a lot. Yeah. Well, so we can talk about secondary metrics that can mm-hmm. pop out of that. Yep. You know, it's hard not to go there. <laughs> so, okay. You can you have, stay with, okay. we got donors. We got your gifts, count of donors, count of gifts, and dollars. We, well, income, income, which which we talked about last week. Yeah, but but it's those still are the a three. Big deal. Those are the three big metrics you should you should always look at. And and here's what I I would suggest. I alluded to this is none of those numbers mean squat unless you compare it. And so yeah, I true. like two kinds of comparisons last year. Comparing if it's calendar to calendar, so this calendar and then calendar last year and then some kind of historical look back five years ago or you can do a trend line year to year to year over the last five or six years so you can kind of see what happened with our count of donors okay count of gifts yeah. you know that kind of thing or our income how did we do in comparison if you have if you have your eye on those three and you're not looking coveting someone else's donors <laughs> yeah. or worrying is- about you know a benchmark you're just saying do we have more donors last year than this year, or this year than last year? Yes, good. Do we sort of know why that happened? Yes, good. good. Do some more of that. Mm-hmm. We have fewer of those donors. Oh, that's not good. But wow, we had a whole lot more gifts. Mm-hmm. Huh? What Be- drove that? Because gift count. Uh, we just say. Not every donor is created equally or gives to you equally is probably a better way to say yeah. it. And so you can have gift count be agnostic. Your donor count can drop. Your income can rise. Yep. Usually your gift count also rises, but it could stay the same. You could Your donors could go down. Your money could go up. 
And that could be because the donors you lost were not giving you a significant amount of money. Right. And you had or gained more donors who were giving you a lot of money. Yep. Yep. And, and in fact, you know, a real world example, we followed other purveyors of fundraising, mm-hmm. other agencies into a client relationship and realized that that group's target was they were so focused on on just getting a donor that they were willing to get a donor whose lar- single largest gift ever was 10 bucks hmm. rather than pursuing a 25 or a 35 dollar donor or a higher donor and so w- one of these things that these key- these metrics that give you is the ability to spot how your strategies are playing out over time and and what how is that really playing out mm-hmm. for the organization wow we got we added a lot of donors but they're $10. Are they the right ones? Yeah. Are they going to exactly. help us? Exactly. And it's a, it's always an interesting conversation with a client coming in. Cause this has happened multiple times where we've come behind an organization who had gotten a bunch of donors for that yeah. client. Yeah. And we had to explain, okay, one thing you're going to see because we've learned that uh, people who get a lot of donors for a client, also train the client to look there first. <laughs> look at it, this number. It, this it, is the it important is, number. It is the, oh, look over here, look over here, and, look over here. And so we, we would say, hey, this is probably going to drop. And not by onesies, twosies. This is going to drop by a bit. But if you let us do what we're going to do, these other two numbers are going to go up. And it's fascinating to sit with leadership in an organization and walk them through these metrics. The, the, and, and many, 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 many leaders are already familiar with them, but they may not have thought about how they relate to each other. And then we're, we'll just mention these secondary mm-hmm. ones briefly. Yeah. Um, once they see the relationship and then you say, here's what's happening. Boy, the, you can see the there's a there's those light bulbs start popping up over heads, and and people are like, I want to stop doing that today. So, well, yes, yes, we're <laughs> we're on it, <laughs> and that that can be a hard thing to relearn. Exactly, but uh, it is important. And then going to the the secondary metrics that, in my visual brain, overlap the primaries, which is how you get the secondary metrics: yeah. gifts per donor is another one is a secondary, yep. which is literally Just taking your transactions <laughs> and the number of donors doing some division. Yeah. And that tells you how engaged mm-hmm. each donor is. It'll also tell you if, if you've been pursuing only a monthly donor strategy or ignoring a monthly mm-hmm. donor strategy, or if you only have one big thing a year mm-hmm. and uh, which Nothing wrong with any of with, those things, right? I was going to say, with everything, <laughs> your mileage may vary, yeah. but as long as you get to your destination, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. But if you are a year-long organization who is fundraising all year, which is kind of what we're geared towards, yeah. Yeah. and you see that your gifts per donor is dropping or not moving up, yeah. and it's a one or a two, that's when you think about okay, how do I how do I get these donors to give again? Yeah, yeah. It's a separate episode, but that's something you should think about. Uh, we may do a series. You know, how do I make this go up? How do I make this go up? How do I make that go up? Another one to look at is average gift. Yeah, that 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 is again number of gifts and the dollars. Now it's math. Oh, Even math, I the math thing can it's mostly a, work a, out and yeah. do. Um, that tell one of the things that's interesting about that is that tells you about your ask strategies. How are you asking these donors? What are you asking them to give to? Are donors responding? Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating how we have clients where two years ago I had I remember saying, you know, we've been and the technical term is unching up. Mm-hmm. We've been unching up this average gift, and I'm pretty sure this year. We're pretty close to what we can expect. We found your ceiling. Yeah. And then it's fascinating how often it's like, 
okay, I told you last year this was the ceiling, but okay, we did, we hunched up a little yeah, bit again. It's right? kept going. Yeah. And so, um, again, you're looking at these over time and saying, do our, do we have an understanding about why this is going up? Because average gift can go up because you're, you're shedding donors and you mm-hmm. only have a few donors left and they're all which, giving you big. Which is a great example of why don't just look at one of these. You have to look at all of them at the same, it's, it's literally a, the same time and not just the same time period. I mean, exactly. literally it, it's best if you get a you dashboard leave, that shows all of them. Can't leave or a you're movie, flipping man. back you gotta and stay, forth. You got to stay with it and see how they connect because, and, and you do not have strategy conversations that are big in terms of you know annual strategy mm-hmm. or what you're doing as an organization without starting with here's where we are yep and here's where here are our problems or well, here's what we're back, accelerating back to your um, something you saw in the wild start with starting with that call to action here's yeah. here's where we are yeah. which then tells us where we want to go yeah. now we're going to build off of that okay the last piece do the do the last one of these of these secondary metrics ah uh, crap i forgot which one did you know which one? okay i'll do it because this I've one i've been waiting for in, which ones in, i've done income per donor oh income per so this one is sort of a poor person's or, or, or an easy uh, indication of donor value. It is, it's, but it is just the math of how many dollars and how many donors. And, and how, but but it, it's, an, it's a clue into value. It doesn't actually work as value because it's too simple a calculation. But uh, without spending a bunch of money on analytics, you really can understand what's going on. And one of the things that... that can happen with income per donor is that you many people in your organization if you're if you're an organization that's got you know staff and people around they have no clue what most donors are I'm air quoting here worth but it, that can be such an enlightening thing mm-hmm. to be able to say wow these people our donors in this kind of simple calculation they're worth this much money, four hundred bucks a piece, three hundred bucks a piece, whatever. And so, uh, though that that secondary metric is one of the ones that I love because it, it just lets you see what what your donors uh, how valuable they can be to you in a year. Which let's just say can be a a difficult thing to wrap your brain around assigning value to people. Oh, I have no problem with that. That's easy. Why? I mean, I mean, I have a problem with that. I can envision. You're a better person than there I are. Am. Lo- there are lots of people <laughs> who have a problem with that. Not not a. I'm not going to do this problem, but it, it's it's kind of a hard thing. But it's it's an important metric, even if it's uncomfortable in an emotional sense, because that helps you understand if you're going after the right people. Exactly, and it helps you. I you know I've shared in other episodes. I've been in situations where staff of the organization didn't love fundraising and sort of didn't have an appreciation for how much donors loved what the organization was doing and it was part of a culture shift at work this income per donor indication is a way to say you you need to understand this is how much these people love what we're mm-hmm. doing these these are you know these folks are doing significant kinds of things it's important. Yeah. It's a biggie. Yeah, I like I like the idea of doing one of doing kind of an episode about each of these things. That'd be kind of, that okay. would be kind yeah. of fun. But pay attention to those things and you can use spreadsheets to kind of automate looking ideally if you're using an agency, they should be showing you these things. And if they're not showing you one or two of the things we've mentioned, Ask for it. We we had the most interesting. <laughs> you, you know what I'm about to yeah, say, right? Exactly so uh, we had a client uh, who who uh, we it was ran a former in, client. We, yeah, well, we we ran into them uh, who w- was in leadership at at this organization. They left. We or could, the or, he left. He left the organization. We're still working with the yeah, organization, and we're still working with the organization. And he is in a situation where he hasn't hired us yet. Um, 
and he yeah. said he said his his current agency he actually said hey I want to see these numbers because I that stuff you're showing me is not that's taking, what I, I, need to know. I don't need yeah. I want to see this this want, and this and it was this this court, well, and, this, and this he, list yeah because he called it the Chris report after <laughs> the Chris, after Chris, after Chris <laughs> and to their credit again I don't want to diminish anybody we're not naming names but they said yeah okay we can show you that we'll do, yeah. never thought about that if you really want to know that and he said that he's pretty sure they've now added that to their deck <laughs> because they, they thought, oh, that's a good idea. And there have been times where not at these core levels, which are what we lead a presentation to a client with in terms of this is slide one or two, yeah. but there have been times where a client has asked us, hey, can I see oh, yeah. this weird segment of thing yeah. that I used to get in my other agency? And we're like, yeah, sure. And we thought, okay, that's kind of it. Yeah. It's usually a slide 17 or 18 kind of thing, but there can be things to learn. Well, these came out of, uh, in the very early days in the primordial ooze of Winicity, of me on a rant with the fact that how much of reporting I was used to seeing from people doing work like we were doing that was not actionable. Mm-hmm. It was, wow. I didn't know that. That's really, you know, and that's where my, my famous or infamous, uh, you know, report pornography line came from, you know, it's like, I don't need to be looking at that. That doesn't help me. That'd take me in a good place. What do I do with that right now? Give me something that's actionable. And if, and, and one of the, one of the rules we've always had about reporting is if, if someone can't make a decision or validate a decision, we don't want to show them a report. Mm -hmm. It's useless. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, all right, so re- ready for the recap? Let's recap. Okay, so you've already focused on dollars probably, so we'll just start there. Income, dollars, and then your other is count of active donors, mm-hmm. count of active, or count of gifts in the period. So these are- Those are your big three. My suggestion is calendar year or fiscal year. Your, your donor software may do a version of this. Just, just dig into how that works and make sure that you're getting that. There's a lot of funkiness in some of that software. So just work on yeah, that. It's not nearly as streamlined or cut dry as it. Yeah. We and, make it so same. just don't get, don't get bogged down in other stuff. Eyes on the price. These three are your biggies. Then you look at the gifts per donor. That's one that won't move very much. You're talking about onesie mm-hmm. point. Point one, point, point gifts, two, point, two, point three. But, you know, so you're not going to get a lot of a gift. Um, average gift that gives you some indication of how your ask strategies are working, and then income per donor, which is one of my favorites, uh, that that gives you some sense of value, and and an indication of what's going on and what level of and 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 are you your are your strategies bringing in and connecting with donors that you want to. Because nothing wrong with small donors. No, there you, you can you can fuel incredible ministry and cause and work with small donors. Just make sure that's what your strategy is. Hmm. You just have to know. Yeah, don't count on three or four big donors if you're only getting ten or twelve small donors. Exactly. Exactly. Next is on your radar which is something uh, that came out of you and I passing articles or things we've seen back and forth and sometimes fundraising related, sometimes not. And just something that is worth looking at watching should be on your radar. Hmm. So you've been going first lately. So what is on your radar? What should be on our radar? Um, so the, the, I think it's an app, uh, last pass, which is the, the the password manager I use uh, actively, and they did a they did a, a survey of users. Um, no, actually, they did a survey of of people who were in their target market, mm-hmm. and it was an international survey. And I'm a little disappointed; it was only 3,700 professionals, so not a big sample. But it was yeah. really mind blowing to me some of their. The, the things that popped out. And if you're curious about this, and if you have a computer, or your office has a computer, or you've ever seen somebody in your office with a password written on a post-it note, you probably want to check this out. It's last pass. You can Google, email podcast at onenicity.com, and we'll send you the link. So following it, th- these are just some of the findings that I went, I cannot believe this. Um, following a data breach... 
So a data breach in their organization Somebody or that or that stuff like gets stolen. Equifax get let your passwords get out as they did or whatever. 45% of the people didn't change all their passwords. Uh, oh, here's another one. And these aren't in any particular order. These are just things I was like, oh, I got to talk about this. 90% of the people who responded had up to 50 online and app accounts. 50, which that's a lot of little post-it notes written on your desk. Well, and what that means is you're likely using one or two passwords across those 50. It is amazing the number of people who do that. (laughs) Which then means, and the reason that matters is that hackers, people on the dark web know that. And so if they get one email address and password, they will just bank that you are using that same combination at all these other places. It's going to run with it. Um, Okay, so I'll just do one more. Um, And this is the one, this is is one that that said, only 8% said a strong password is one that excludes personal information like pet names. Meaning, to flip it around to make that make a little more sense and be a little scarier, 92% 92% of people pet. said that a strong password could contain my, my pet's pet name, name, which then they posted on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be like, and so let, just for the hackers watching, will never appear in a password. Yeah. As you should. And, or, and, and, and uh, so reach of the dog barking is making me crazy. So I'll, I'll just end there and say, if you're curious, so first, if he yeah. was ever going to be in a password, he's not now he's not that he's barked at you and ticked you off. Dog. Well, he's a dog. He's going to yeah. bark. So what dogs are going to bark. Okay. But anyway, uh, last pass, uh, their, their survey on passwords or email us and I'll send it to you. It's a big deal. Mine is a weird, interesting story I hadn't heard of until this weekend. Um, but a guy named Anthony Kim is actually from uh, this area where we are. The Dallas area was a big, not a massive golfer, not a Tiger or a Phil Mickelson edge or level golfer, but a good enough golfer. He had some heroics in the Ryder Cup, which hmm. is an event that the yeah. U.S. play against Europe um, in the late aughts, early teens. Okay. Had an injury, hmm. and in rehabbing his injury and and going over you know some insurance things, it came up that he could take an injury settlement from his insurance payment from his insurance policy of twenty. I think it was twenty four million dollars. All he had to do is just not play golf again, or prof- he couldn't enter in a PGA event. I mean, he can play okay. at his local club. Oh, what but an interesting! Essentially, choice. it's like. He, yeah, it's not golfer's elbow, but it's you know it's something that you're gonna, you're probably gonna get that again. Yeah. But if you won't do that, here you go. Yeah, and so he was a good name brand golfer. Took a one time payout of twenty four twenty five million dollars and has not played in any type of event ever since in like a decade. And it. it what strikes me is the, and this is not a judgment because I would probably take that because that's guaranteed $24 million, is the, the makeup and the personality of somebody who, unless he is a, well, even Tiger worked really hard. Unless you're some sort of prodigy and you, you got to where you are without having to work hard, you've invested in, in golf yeah. hours yeah. and days and years to get to this point and then you just take a payout to go do something else. Oh, I, and again, not a judgment because oh. I I would totally have gotta, done that. You got to choose, right? Those aren't easy. Everybody's choices. got a number. It's an easy number. It's an easy thing for me. But what an interesting thing! Because you always think about the insurance payouts as you know somebody who's faking a neck injury mm-hmm. or something like that, and they wear the little you know the collar yeah. or the movies or the you know the old TV shows. And I don't know the intricacies of that, so it may not be an insurance payment. Maybe some sort of other yeah. Contrary thing, but yeah, yeah. But there was some sort of if you don't do this, yeah, his you business, give this. His business guy said, "Well, of course you know you could get twenty four mil by just not playing." What? Yeah, <laughs> and and now you know he doesn't. You know he's kind of grown his hair out. He has sort of a 
uh, not hippie, but kind of kind of bar cool. in Florida. And nah, you know. he's he still lives around here, and he see, people see him pseudo places. He kind of looks like a Silicon Valley guy. He's apparently in hoodies a lot with longer hair and just kind of chill. <laughs> and will take pictures if people recognize him. He's got you know tattoo sleeves and oh, how interesting. Yeah, it it was crazy. I, I heard a mention of it and thought oh, I can't be right and did some Googling and yeah, Google him and there are tons of stories. There's not even one to cite cause I ended up reading three or four, but so do you have like some sort of insurance contract thing so that I you wish you get hurt doing, I would, I and... would be, I would be paper cutting and <laughs> you know, why you don't have it. tripping <laughs> when you're running the show. You can figure that all yeah. out. Okay. They know, they know not to insure me because I'd take that payout as soon as it was ready. Oh, well, payouts aside, injuries aside, dogs barking aside. So if they wrote you a big check, would you stop podcasting? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm shocked. shocked. You shouldn't be. Yeah, I'm not really. Okay. Because, yeah, bird in the hand. I'm going to take that every time. Read the paperwork. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying for 500 bucks because that's a long time to never do something. But for the, I have, yeah, the number's not impossible and, to and reach for a big company. 24 million would be your number. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, for 24 billion, I would totally do that. Okay, so words out. Here we go. Yeah. Podcast, Podcast at one <laughs> Want to give your Venmo? Again. Yeah, <laughs> figure out my Venmo account <laughs> name. Okay, be sure and change the password. Yeah, I would change the password. Got to take my dog out of there. Can't have it be Peyton related. <laughs> but this was episode 28. It was. Of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. Um, send us your questions to podcast at Winnicity. Give us your reviews, your five-star reviews. Four-star, three-star, that's fine. Um, like and subscribe down yep. here in the video. Yep. Because next week on episode 29, we're going to talk about why you should use Comic Sans as a central pillar in your next corporate rebranding. Oh, I think that's one that many people are missing it's out overlooked. on. It's overlooked. It is overlooked. overlooked. It's an opportunity. It's not used enough. No question. I'm Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. <laughs>